the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Thank you very much. Welcome to the show. This is another episode of The Boys of Tech, New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. This episode is number 304 for the week commencing Monday the 17th of November 2014. My name is Edwin Herman. I'm here in the studio based in Wellington and also in Wellington, uh, across the other side of the city, or more like in the city... (laughs) It's Brett King, who joins me over Skype. Welcome to the show, Brett. Hello, hello. Hello, hello indeed. How's your weekend? Perfectly fine. You know, I last night I did a, I had a barbecue. It was a spur-of-the-moment decision. It was like mm-hmm. almost dinner time, and it was like, what are we going to have? And I said, why don't I just get the barbecue out? And I did exactly that. Quite often do that in spring and summer, don't you? Whip out the barbecue and do barbecuing. Yeah. I've got you're, a, a- you're a closet barbecue fanatic. <laughs> uh, it's just, you know, it's it's like one of those things that, you know, when it when you get the... Uh, urge. The urge, yeah. Just the urge to eat barbecued food. And it's like, okay, out comes the barbecue. And it's just a little charcoal kettle that doesn't really take very long at all to, you know, heat up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll have to get you around for a barbecue one time. Indeed. How about that? Won't be able to be a spur of the moment thing, though. <laughs> no, I probably won't. I'll have to book you in. But we'll probably do it in the new year, of course, because it's silly season, isn't it, already? Oh, it's starting to look that way. Fortunately, I haven't been into any stores that have Christmas decorations up yet. Ah, uh, Okay. Yeah, I actually, I must admit, I haven't seen too many Christmas decorations, but I have been invited to a number of Christmas functions already, so... Yeah, yeah. They, they seem <laughs> to start a little early. They, they're they definitely planning things ahead this year. Mm. Right. Well, Brett, what have we got lined up for this week to talk about in the world of tech? Well, it seems to be very Microsoft-dominated. We've got three out of four stories... Uh, Microsoft-based. Let's kick off with, I'm excited about this one, let's kick off with Microsoft's blog post about Skype for Web Beta. Yeah. Mm, So this is, instead of the app, it's going to run through your browser. Indeed, indeed. At the moment, obviously, it will require you to install a plugin for your browser, but they have plans for it to work on pretty much your, your your big four browsers, Internet Explorer, Chrome, Safari, and Firefox. So are they so are they gonna have a plug-in free version at one point or is it or Well they are currently working with um, the Internet Explorer team to implement um, real time communication technology uh, into the browser, which would then require, you know, no plugin. But until there is web real-time communications technology built into browsers, then it's still going to require a plugin. But it does mean that if you're at you know, 
at a computer where you don't have permission to install an application, the web browser still might have the capability of installing a plugin. Yeah, so that's so you might still be able to get access to to Skype. Yeah, that's going to be situations. very handy. Very handy. Yeah. Uh, there's so many. To, well, not so many, but there's been a handful of times where I've been in front of a computer that's not mine, uh, and it's not one I use use usually. And I want to quickly do a Skype session, and mm. there isn't Skype, and I, I can't really install it, or I shouldn't install it. So you know, this would be fantastic. So we could be yeah. recording. We could be recording our podcast over Skype for web when this. Uh, you know, makes its way out to the to the great unwashed. Indeed, if they if they shift their their focus to this, then it could even possibly do away with the the desktop versions of it. Yeah, because look, imagine how much it costs them to keep however many I've lost count now different versions of the application current. Mm. It must cost a lot of money. That's yeah. a lot of developers, different teams, different technologies, porting the stuff across. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So and if they, if, could, they, if they only need to maintain uh, apps for your three main um, phone operating systems and the web version for all of the desktops, then you're then you're sweet. Yeah. Mm. As long as they can get the you know all of the features, as long as all the features can be replicated in the web version from the desktop version with the same uh, efficiency. Um, then yeah, it could be a, a real possibility of ditching a, a desktop application entirely and having it all web based. Yeah, that's but right. But they have to first, you know, it has to be as reliable, it has to be as feature rich, and it has to be as efficient and effective <laughs> as the the desktop version performance wise for it to fully replace. But it has the potential. Yeah, and you know um, they've announced that they're going to be releasing this. Uh, just to a small audience first, and then slowly yeah, a select set of current clients and new clients. So if you sign up, um, once they've you know released this, one, if you sign up for a new account, you may get included in the beta test. Is that out yet? By the way, um, trying to figure it out because I thought I it was. See anything that says that it's not out already? It does. The, the blog post does make it sound like it is out already. Yeah, because I, I checked, I signed into Skype.com to see if I had an invite. Unfortunately, I'm not one of the select few. Yeah, yeah. And when you just load up the application, uh, if you are one of the selected few, you will be notified. Oh, okay. So and then when the, you fired up Skype, it would have told you if you Oh, okay. I thought you had to log into Skype.com, but... Obviously not. Well, speaking of invites, what I have uh, been invited to participate in is Twitter ads. So uh, for one of my uh, products I'm selling out there, I, I uh, well, online services actually it is, I um, am doing some Twitter ads now and it's kind of interesting. I'm playing around with it, getting a feel for it. Mm-hmm. How have you found? Uh, uh, well, look, I, I really like, you know, what you can do with Twitter ads and I, look, I think Facebook would be the same, but I, I haven't gone there. But that you can't do with Google ads is target more specifically your audience. For example, um, what sort of accounts do they follow? What sort of interests do they have? And those can be determined by content of tweets and so on. So, uh, you know, it's really, really good because I'm targeting people with a very specific, uh, you know, who talk about specific things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm... I, 
look, it, it's early days. So I, I don't know what performance is, is going to is, is like. You know, I don't not, haven't really got a feel for my return on investment, but I really like the flexibility and the, the interface is really nice. So cool. Yeah, that's Twitter ads. Now, just back to Microsoft again. Uh, they've announced, and I almost fell over in disbelief, <laughs> that they're going to open source .NET, and they're going to deliver a free Visual Studio. Fully functional version of Visual Studio will be made free. Well, it's not the, the only thing they've announced with their open sourcing of .NET, and that is with the open sourcing of .NET, they are focusing on making .NET OS agnostic. So that yeah. .NET will work on Windows, it'll work on Linux, it'll work on, you know, Mac OS X. So, yeah, it's it's pretty big. Pretty big indeed. Yeah, that is a, that is a, a massive development environment uh, that has previously been Windows only, <laughs> and they are yeah they're going to be um, iteratively making it open source. That is that is awesome. But it is in the direction that they have been moving. Microsoft has been moving into making things for more operating systems than itself, making things in, you know, developing things for people to use in the environments they use things in, not just making everything about Windows. Old Microsoft, everything was about Windows <laughs> and making things for Windows. New Microsoft is Windows is one of our products, but all of our other products, let's get them to as many people as possible. Yeah, but you see, there's, there's two steps here. The first step they made some years ago was, you know, what you just outlined, you know, making things that work on iPads, on Macs, on Linux machines and so on, and Android as well. Mm-hmm. And then this this is another step that we're talking about now where they're actually open sourcing as a major product. Indeed. And so this what is, will open sourcing this mean and making it OS agnostic? It will mean more development in that environment. So more things that people can use. Yeah, yeah. And uh, look, it's, why this, uh, it's also why they're developing the a free version, a fully featured free version of Visual Studio so that it can work with this new open.net. Do you know, this, <laughs> this move even caught the attention of the director of the Linux Foundation, Jim Zemlin. He says that Microsoft is, and I quote, certainly a different organization when it comes to open source. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They, they, have, they have opened. They have a new direction. They are, they are embracing the change. <laughs> well, and, you know, I, yeah, go ahead. I think, I think good on them. I think it's, it's the way to move forward as a, as a major technology corporation these days with the environment, the competitive environment that they have. They can't, they can't be looking insular entirely. They need to look further abroad to, you know, get um, buy-in, to get people to make the different things, to get to use these different things. And this is one way to get people to develop things in .NET. And once they've got things developed in .NET, that is a usable across, you know, um, Windows, Linux, Mac OS X, but also with the intention of having it be across Android and iOS as well, it will mean that they will be have have more developers working on things that they can use within their environments. Oh, indeed. It's, it's a very, very smart move. And look, you yeah. know, just when it's available, I'm going to have to just, for the hell of it, I have to get my OS X server running. Now I'm going to put mm-hmm. the .NET environment on it. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I can. 
<laughs> or just because I will be able to. Grab your free copy of Visual Studio Community. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Developer, uh, an yes. application in it. Who would have thought that, you know, I mean, I really, I, 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 I know Microsoft is becoming more agnostic and we've talked about this for, you know, some years now, but I wouldn't have thought that they were prepared to open source such a, a major product. Mm. I can see why they're doing it. I just didn't think they were prepared to do it. But uh, ah, they are, so they, good they, on them. Yeah, mm. definitely. I look forward to seeing what what is ported across, what's, what has been developed for Windows that we'll now be able to use on Linux or Mac or what gets developed for, for Mac that will be usable on everything else. It's, mm. it's cool. Now, the other thing that Microsoft has done... And, you know, things that are developed in this might mean that you and I will be able to play the same first-person shooter games. Would that that work? Well, if it's developed across the .NET environment, then we would both be able to have the same game. And possibly with the same same network environment as well, so we'd actually be able to connect to each other. Yeah, but you'd have to compile it for, for Mac, wouldn't you? Like it wouldn't just the executable still wouldn't run. Yeah, I think it'd have to compile it for Mac. But still, it means that we might actually be able to play the same game. It, it might mean and, the game developers might compile for together. Yeah, <laughs> instead of being in our own separate locked environments. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because if <laughs> game developers, you're right. I mean, if game developers want to port something to the Mac that's been written in .NET, that's going to be super easy to do. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, now, Brett, also the other thing that Microsoft have done is they have fixed a bug that is about 20 years old. Wow. <laughs> I know. But it's, it's a been, bug nobody had noticed. Yeah, it, exactly. It's been in every version of Windows since Windows 95, and as you said, no one noticed until No recently. one noticed. Well, it's, you know, this is something that happens all the time. When you're talking about an, uh, you know, an, an OS, which has how many millions billions of lines of code, things will get missed, especially if it's something that has been grandfathered in from a part, a core part that was written for Windows 95, but is still part of, you know, the latest Windows 8. It is, yeah. (laughs) It is not surprising that there are bugs still around there. The most surprising part is that there is has been no evidence that anybody has found this bug before now uh, and exploited it. Yeah, and it's quite a, it would have been quite a nasty bug too because it's, it's a bug that would allow someone to set up a, website, a malicious website that would let them run code on your computer, in theory owning it, if you like, you know, taking over it, remote controlling yeah. it. So it's quite, it's, you know, it would have been a really, you know, right now the, the malware people are, uh, are kicking themselves going, oh, if only we'd known about this. Indeed. But then they have exactly the same issue that, you know, the actual developers have. There are so many, so many lines of code to go through to find an exploit uh, or fix an exploit that they've got as much chance as anyone else of actually finding and exploiting the the bug and it takes somebody finding it and fortunately for us it was um, IBM's research team that discovered the exploit and notified Microsoft so that Microsoft could batch it and they have yeah (laughs) almost 20 (laughs) years ago and you know look the the, the other thing to remember is there are probably still other bugs 
that have been in every vin- Windows version version of Windows since nineteen uh, Windows ninety five. Yeah, that, that still haven't yeah, been discovered. Certainly, and of course, we're not well, talking about them because we haven't well, done we them. We talk about well, there, there's exactly the same thing for for Unix based systems. There's exactly the same thing for OS X based systems. They're all based on stuff that was written a long, long time ago. Uh, there's probably bugs and exploits in there that nobody has noticed yet, <laughs> because they are so obscure. They are so rare. They require the appropriate convergence of events to make something actually happen that nobody has noticed them yet. So there, yeah. Mm. I think we'll continue to see stories like this. Yeah, having said that, the the ones that date back so far as twenty years are very, very rare. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes we hear about you know four or five. But they are. Bugs. They are because they are such a rare occurrence that a rare convergence of events that creates the exploit that nobody notices that. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's the thing. I mean, if it's if a bug has gone unnoticed for twenty years, it's going to take. You know, it's it means it's difficult to find. Yeah. So, mm. anyway, they've patched it. They've you know, and they've and remember, ah. this is this affects not just Windows ninety five. It affects every version of Windows from Windows ninety five up until now. So it is a, it is a current bug. Yeah, uh, but it's just but, interesting well, that it know. dates so far back. <laughs> Anybody who is following proper update protocol is now protected from it. Yep. So make sure you run your uh, updates regularly. Now, Brett, the would you believe that the flip phone is making a comeback? Uh, I totally believe it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, I I do now. Only after reading the story about you know certain <laughs> certain celebrities, Rihanna was was one. She was photographed leaving a New York restaurant with a one of those flip phones to her ear. Yeah. And, you know, there are others as well. People are now saying there's a bit of a resurgence of the flip phone. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That kind of surprises me. I mean, I I just assumed everyone was using Android and iPhones these days. No, no. I I never expected um, everybody to move to smartphones. And I expected there to be a certain, you know, waves and cycles of resurgence of these devices because they they fit a niche that works for a lot of people they are easy to carry they you can drop the hell out of them and they are not going to break they're not going to shatter they don't cost an arm and a leg uh, and they're still pretty cool you know flip open the the flip phone with a thumb action do your texting really quickly hold them to your ear don't have to worry if it slips off slips out between your head and your shoulder because <laughs> yeah. you can just pick it back up off of the ground, put it back to your ear, and it's still be on, and still be working. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you know, I used to have a flip phone uh, for work, and I would flick it open with a uh, with a flick of the wrist. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was I just flicked my wrist in a certain way, and the and the thing would come open and then put it to my ear. It was cool. Love it. Yeah, they are cool, <laughs> and cool things come back. Well, I wonder if you know, we'll ever you can't, see... You can't uh, just go, here's a brand new piece of technology. Look at all of the wonderful things that it does for us. It is going to annihilate the competition and the competition will not exist anymore. Uh, we can tell that from, look at the resurgence in vinyl. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Massive it, resurgence in vinyl. Look, Because fit- vinyl produces a, a specific you know, quality of, of sound that is you just cannot reproduce digitally. So... Finals come back. 
people have gone, well, we can't reproduce this. It's just not, we just can't do it. So let's listen to <laughs> let's listen to our vinyl again. And fashion, of course, is one that's, that, you know, things come back and then they Constantly go. Constantly recycle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Flares came back. Fluoro came back. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, flares were the one that I never, I just, when they did that, when they came back, you know, it was originally 70s, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it came back in the, was it 90s or 2000s? Yeah, yeah, late 90s. Late 90s, early 2000s, 2000s. around there. I just wouldn't go there because I've always thought flares were horrible. I still don't like, I, I never liked them. And even when <laughs> it came back into fashion, I still didn't like them. So I never went there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, all the cool kids were wearing flares at the time. So anyway, all the cool kids are going to be wearing, uh, not wearing, but using flip phones now, I guess, and that's kind of yeah, the, the well, thing. Well, what it will mean is that uh, different uh, manufacturers will start combining smartphone and flip phone technology. Well, I was just going to say, I was about to go there. I was going to say, will we see a convergence? You know, will we see smartphones? We will see a in convergence. A we'll see a convergence format. that takes that sort of format, combines some smartphone functionality with flip phone functionality, and hopefully comes out with a, a, a better version of the two, something where you can drop this thing and pick it back up and it's still going to be perfectly fine. It's not going to have shattered into a million pieces. <laughs> okay, so right fits. now right now, you, we should quickly go away and register the trademark iFlip. <laughs> I'm sure if you Google that, it's probably something already that's called iFlip. Actually, there is. Yep. iFlip Real Estate. Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> and iFlip Business. Really? Yep. And also iFlip Business Automation System. Oh, there you go. Let me guess. They create automated machines for flipping pancakes. <laughs> I don't know, but now I'm curious. I'm going to go there. Pancake let's, flippers. Let's have a look. iFlip Business Automation System. Looking for the, this is their website, looking for the ultimate hands-off automated real estate flipping system? iFlip can have oh, you cashing okay. more paychecks and more markets quickly. Is this, this is similar to... It's, uh, it's a real estate again. Yeah. It's just another part of that real estate thing you were talking about. It's on a different URL though. But that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, right, no more iFlip. Uh, I'm going to uh, flip out of here. And uh, that was episode 304. Brett, want to thank you very much for co-hosting. Always a pleasure, all right, and uh, you know what we should do next time? And we talked about having you uh, here for a barbecue. We should perhaps we could do a, a, a podcast barbecue. Mm. A, a barbacast. A barbacast. <laughs> Is that what you call it? Be like a pubcast, except with more smoky burnt food and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> less background noise. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe we should do that in summer sometime. All right, anyway, until until then, uh, Brett, well, not until then, until next time, uh, thanks once again. Thanks to our listeners, and uh, we'll see you next time. Until then, have yourselves a great week. Goodbye. Ciao.